from the new capital of the world. You've landed on the Daily Objective from the Ayn Rand Center UK. So happy to see you with us from all over the world. Now, I don't actually see you because we have pre-taped this program today, just today, but we're happy you're here regardless, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening on one of the many audio apps to which we are available on, or even right there on YouTube where so many of our listeners come after the live fact. We bring you that live stream every day, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. UK time, but we're always available 24 seven with our huge library of material. It's all inspired by objectivism. and We're only able to bring it to you because of your support. So take this opportunity to hit us up in the super chat, even if it's the after chat, become a member, become a subscriber. I and mean, we need that five pounds at a time, 10 pounds at a time to keep this programming coming to you. And it's pretty unusual. We bring you a daily show, original program inspired by Ayn Rand's objectivism with some of the biggest names in object objectivism, Robert Nasser, uh, Don Watkins, uh, uh, James Valiant, Harry Binswanger, people who knew and worked with Ms. Rand, knew and worked with Dr. Peekoff, know and worked with Dr. Peekoff. So thank you for making it possible with your help, with your support, just a couple bucks at a time, value for value. That's what we preach. And that's what we hope you uh, follow as well. And I have a, a terrific program for you today as well. I mean, as I said, we're all students of objectivism. I've been interested in objectivism for over 20 years, but I'm still learning. And for me, the fun part is applying Ms. Rand's ideas, integrating them and applying them and kind of just evaluating the world and getting a sense of, well, where do I see some of this playing out in, in modern day? And, you know, there's so many examples. We try to cover a few of them. So I thought we'd start today with one that comes actually Originally, I came across it from the book that I edited, A New Textbook of Americanism, The Politics of Ayn Rand, takes Ms. Rand's 1940s unfinished paper and finishes it with uh, insight from some of the leading objectivist scholars from the today. But Ms. Rand's words obviously are the most interesting, the most prophetic, and the most important. She started this work by saying, Quoting now, the basic issue in the world today is between two principles, individualism and collectivism. Individualism holds that man has inalienable rights which cannot be taken away from him by any other man, nor by any number, group, or collective of other men. Therefore, each man exists by his own right and for his own sake, not for the sake of the group. You know, it's it's simple, it's powerful, and it's profound. And what's ironic is it's so dissimilar to how so much of the world to this day operates. Uh, we're going to get to one of the examples, but the opposite of individualism is, again, quoting from Ms. Rand now, collectivism. Collectivism holds that man has no rights, that his work, his body, and his personality belong to the group, that the group can do with him as it pleases, in any manner it pleases, for the sake of whatever it decides to be its own welfare. Therefore, each man exists only by the permission of the group and for the sake of the group. Again, this is from uh, a, a new textbook in Americanism. And when I think of collectivism on today's modern stage, and certainly when you look at today's headlines, Russia is at the, uh, at the top of the list. I mean, it's always been at the top of the list, but it's foaming over now with its disgusting, murderous collectivism on a daily basis. Now, I tweeted this out, you know, almost a year ago, quoting, uh, quote, saying that Russia is a shitty country with a shitty culture, tagging the Kremlin's uh, 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 tag there. And I, I still believe that, and their, their actions continue to demonstrate that. We're going to get into one of them in particular today, which Ms. Rand talked about explicitly. But when I say a shitty culture, it's not because the food is, I don't like the food or the weather, 
that's not the culture, it's the ideas. That's what moves a country, that's what moves a, a culture. And those collectivist ideas in Russia that existed when Ms. Rand was there 100 years ago are still there. And that's exactly why it's still in the ugly, murderous morass that we're in today. And we're gonna give just a few examples of that. Now, a number, I guess, this was like last fall, I did a show on Russia's mobilization, their draft. You know, they were have been getting anyone they can get, prisoners, uh, escapees, people from, you know, hospitals, mental institutions, I think, they're getting anyone they can to fight in this ridiculous, murderous war that they've been waging against Ukraine. In fact, they've said either you go to the army or you go to the jail, go to jail. And in fact, people who've been trying to desert the army have been shot or put in jail. So they're not giving anyone any type of a choice. Ms. Rand talked about the immorality of the draft. She wrote about it. In fact, she was influential in getting it eliminated here in the United States. But just when you think you can't hit a new low, you know, forcing somebody to fight or putting them in jail. I mean, talk about collectivism. Your, your life is not your own. No, you're literally here just to serve the state. And it's it's so um, it's so tragic on its face. Again, quoting Miss Rand from Capitalism: The Unknown Ideal, the years from about fifteen to twenty-five are the crucial formative years of a man's life. This is the time when he confirms his impressions of the world, of other men, of the society in which he is to live. When he acquires conscious convictions, defines his moral values, chooses his goals, and plans his future, developing or renouncing ambition. These are the years that mark him for life. And these are the years which Russia is taking all of these young people, young men, probably young women as well, untrained, putting them a gun in their hands and telling them to be cannon fodder for an unjust, unlawful war. But it gets worse. Uh, it's because what if I told you it wasn't just 15 to 25, which is you know what Ms. Rand references in terms of conscription. What if I told you it was like 10 to 25? You know, now we're talking like the worst of the worst African, you know, tribal Congo type action. Well, that's exactly what's going on. Now, conscription still exists as a, as an, as a concept in uh, even developed countries around the world, primarily terrible countries, places like North Korea, North Korea Libya, Mexico, Qatar, uh, Tunisia, Turkey, and Israel. We've talked about that on the channel as well. Maybe that's something for a, a, a few future discussion as well. But the, you know, conscription always exists. It still exists. And it's the ideas behind conscription. I believe it's that collectivist idea that your life is not your own, that you owe the country or the greater good. And you know, Dr. Brooke has talked about that if country can't raise an army, then it doesn't deserve to be a country. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But it's those ideas that move the world, not the politicians we have, but the ideas that move the world, that move politics. And in a place like Russia, which has had bad ideas forever, I just think it's always a question of how low can they sink, and they're sinking even lower. In fact, this came out just a few days ago, some absolutely abhorrent video published by a Russian news entity, by the way, a state, as I understand it, a state-sponsored news entity, showing kids children going through military tra training in Crimea. This is from the New York Post. A shocking new video out of Crimea shows Russian efforts to recruit and indoctrinate kids by forcing them through military training exercises. 
including martial arts and rifle handling classes. This is shared by the Russian state media. Let's take a look at some of these stills. stills. Now, that is not a 15, 16, or even 17-year-old young girl or young boy. These kids are prepubescent, you know, having games about who can assemble their Kalashnikov quicker. Uh, I mean, that girl is, she's a child sitting at what a desk, which should be have, oh, I don't know, math on it, science, reading, education, and into this classroom, they're bringing these weapons and putting them in the hands of these kids and saying, this is your new lesson, is assemble weapons of war. And here's a, another photo. This is a group of young, looks like young boys, not even men. These kids are like 10, 11 years old with weapons on the floor, doing karate chops all lined up in black, you know, black attire, you know, being taught, being indoctrinated. I mean, there's no, there's, I mean, they're kids. They don't, can't think about anything. They can't conceive, they can't choose. They're being completely indoctrinated. They're complete. And, you know, this is again from the, uh, the New York Post. Basic military, similar basic military courses will be rolled out in Russian schools later in the year, said Will Vernon, a senior journalist at BBC's Moscow News Bureau. So this is now becoming state policy. These very, very young kids, you know, getting them on board with assembling weapons and basically getting them ready in, I don't know, couldn't even be two or three years. I wouldn't hesitate. Putin would put a, a 12 year old in uh, to fight in this, this war. But again, think for a moment, if this isn't new video showing Russian kids, let's play a little imagination here. Because when I see these images, I think, well, it doesn't look like Russian kids. It could easily be German kids and not going through military training in Crimea, but, oh, I don't know, going through military training under Hitler. And I'm not uh, using Godwin's law. This is history. Um, when I look at these pictures of these clearly underaged kids being indoctrinated in, into weaponry and warfare. To me, it looks just like Hitler Youth. And there on the right, we see an image of a bunch of young boys in their military attire in the, during the Third Reich marching along, you know, uh, under the watchful eye of authoritarians above them, making them in effect do this. And if you don't know anything about Hitler Youth, this is a good opportunity to visit the website of the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. The Nazi party tried to extend its influence over all aspects of German society. The Hitler Youth and the League of German Girls were developed as a Nazi party youth groups to introduce children and juveniles to Nazi ideology and policy. These groups also prepared Germany's young people for war. And that to me is exactly what Putin is doing here. Here's the young, Girls adoringly doing the Nazi salute for die Führer. And here is the modern day young Russian girl, girl, assembling you know, the weapon in hopes that her, her teacher, the Führer, may, hey, maybe even Putin himself would come and applaud me for this. It's so sad, it's so grotesque. And of course, look, war is a terrible fact of life. And it should, as Ms. Rand talks about, be fought when it needs to be fought with a volunteer army only. Quoting now, again, from the wreckage of the consensus, a volunteer army is the only proper moral and practical way to defend a free country. So uh, uh, 
an 11-year-old girl cannot volunteer to do anything, let alone volunteer to fight in a war. So this makes uh, just a mockery of morality, even, well, Russia makes a mockery of morality writ large, but you know, even in terms of defending a country, conscription and now conscription of a, 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 a teenager. Now, if you know anything about um, Ayn Rand's objectivism, you should know that it had a big part in getting the draft eliminated here in the United States. This is quoting now from a companion to Ayn Rand, uh, Alan Godoff and Gregory, Greg Salmieri from a number of years ago. This was during the 1968 presidential campaign, a guy by the name of Martin Anderson. He was an associate of Miss Rand's at the time. I believe he was part of the collective at the time. Uh, he was a contributor to Miss Rand's newsletter at the time. He got in with Richard Nixon. He was an advisor to Nixon. And he, as I understand it, brought to Richard Nixon, many of the ideas abolishing the draft, uh, abolishing conscription, they had, he had heard that Miss Rand discussing and Miss Rand preaching about. And in 1973, the draft was eliminated. But think about how many American kids' lives have just not been saved, but were allowed to kind of prosper and pursue their interests because they weren't spending two, three, two years, five years, however many years in the draft. So it all comes down to ideas. And Russia is suffering from that same cesspool of collectivism in, that it was in 1926. Wonderful story about Miss Rand's going away party. You know, she knew she was leaving Russia. I believe she got out on kind of a short-term visa, student visa program, you know, to study and ostensibly come back. Of course, she was never gonna come back, but at her going away party in St. Petersburg in 1926, a guest asked her to tell everyone in America that, quote, Russia is a cemetery and we are all slowly dying. And that was in 26. And when you look at Russia today, when you see this type of horrific policy that goes on and goes on with ostensibly the blessing of the Russian people, uh, you know that nothing fundamentally has changed. It's probably even gotten worse. And we'll end on this photo once again of the Russian billboard depicting a soldier with the slogan, glory to the heroes of Russia, standing in St. Petersburg, Russia, of course, formerly known as Petrograd, where Miss Rand lived as a youth during the Russian Revolution in the early part of the 20th century. We're so appreciative that you make us part of your daily mix. We're here Monday through Friday exploring objectivism as students of objectivism with some of the brightest names and ideas of subject in objectivism. And we're only able to do it because of your support. So hit us up in the super chat, five pounds, 10 pounds, a hundred pounds. It really means so much to Rozzy Ginsburg. He is the, the, you know, evil in a good way, evil in the sense of effective, just genius and heart behind our, our, our network here. So thank you for supporting what he's doing, running around the world, promoting objectivism and keeping our daily program on the air. Keep it tuned right here as well, because coming up this Sunday at 3.30 p.m. UK, it's Objectivism State of the Art study group with James Valiant. James Valiant is one of the smartest scholars in objectivism I've ever met. He has studied with Dr. Peacock. He, is, he happens to be a lawyer as well, but he's just a brilliant mind. But this is only available for Ayn Rand Center UK members. It's not that expensive. I think it's maybe 10 pounds a month. So make your exploration of objectivism more than just you know, reading a tweet and saying, oh, I know everything about Ayn Rand. You know, 
um, explore all that Ms. Rand has to offer with her writing by taking advantage of some of these great educational resources every day here with the Ayn Rand Center UK. So hit us up in the super chat, like, share, do all of that, become part of our philosophy posse, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Well, Monday, I guess at this point, with once again, another brand new episode of the Daily Objective. Best promises.